0: Welcome, welcome, welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today is Twitter Tuesday on the show. So that's what we have to talk about. There's a few rumors going around uh, that I could cover. I'm not going to, um, you know, uh, there's some people saying they're definitely going to trade down or or they're thinking about trading up generally. And we'll talk a little more as some of the questions address some of this. Uh, generally, when it comes to the NFL draft and the Vikings, anybody who tells you that there is something out of the uh, off the table for the Vikings, unless it's like a player with off field or like a certain prospect for whatever reason. But for the most part, if anybody tries to tell you, ah, they're not they're not thinking about trading up or ah they're not thinking about trading down or they're not thinking about this move or that move or taking this position or that position they're probably bsing you the, the vikings very much take a no no stone unturned approach to everything including the draft and uh so it, everything is on the table any report that says they're considering x y or z isn't news you already knew that they're considering everything Speaking of the note stone unturned process, the first question we're going to take from Twitter Tuesday comes from Frederick Lane, who asks, do teams have any scouts outside the U.S.? And are there any players in Europe who have the chance to get drafted this year? And Frederick, thank you so much for listening from Sweden. Uh, so uh, yes, the teams do tend to have an eye, uh, outside the U S If that, you know, European football leagues or anything like that there, uh, or, or Australia, you know, they had like the, the rugby guy that came in and played for San Francisco for a hot second and stuff. So sometimes there are these sensations that get a chance and, you know, teams are always going to be looking for that little edge. So everybody will kind of have an eye for it. I don't think they have personnel specifically dedicated to non U S scouting. I think they have their pro scouting and their college scouting. Um, and you know, that, that, that typically won't stretch to anybody like just generally looking around in Europe unless there is a sensational person I have not heard of such a person um, but I could be wrong I don't know if anybody knows any European football players with a chance to get drafted uh, at Luke Broad NFL on Twitter yell at me tell me that I was wrong uh, Nick Howard says what player come the draft would you not want the, pl- the Vikings to pick any round uh, so any round is hard because by, you know, round seven, like who cares? Um, I-, I would probably be upset about a kicker. And that's about the only thing I would be upset about day three. Everything else, if the guy doesn't know how to play or the guy, to- I-, I can, you know, disagree with picks like I- Nate Stanley was one I just didn't really like. But even then it was like, but he's a quarterback and eh, there's a chance that I'm wrong. So we'll take it. So it's hard to be too mad about anything on day three days one and two, though. There are definitely some guys I'm not. A- I'm not a huge fan of Samuel Cosme. I'm not a huge fan of Gregory Rosso. I- I'm not a huge fan of some. Of the trade up ideas. I don't love, I wouldn't love if they traded up for Panay Sewell, who I'm going to talk about uh, a lot tomorrow. Um, I I would not like that. I I don't think that he uh, is the type of prospect that you do that for. Um, And I think generally trading up for a player that's not one of like a very short list of players I think are worth it uh, would make me upset. But otherwise, there's not a lot of ways for this to go that I wouldn't like. I think there's a lot of really good answers to this. There's a few really bad ones. Um, And I think ultimately, you know, how the draft works out will be defined in hindsight, whether we like it or not. Um, And I definitely have some routes that I prefer to others. But there's even guys like I'm not a huge Christian Darasov fan, but depending on how they got him, if they like traded down and got him in the 20s or something like that. Like, yeah, I could probably get on board with that. So there's there's a lot more angles that I like than angles that I don't. Um, The the few that I don't. Yeah, I, I would probably go on the war path. Uh, Chase Palm says Fields is on the board at 14. Bears offer picks 2052 and a 2022 first for picks 14 and 90. Option one, take the Bears offer. Option two, take Fields. Option three, choose your own adventure. I'm sure that that offer for the Bears like works out on all the charts or whatever. I still wouldn't take it. Um, personally, with Fields, I take Fields. Now, if this were Mac Jones on the board, I would maybe think about it differently. I also don't love the idea of allowing a division rival to like trade up for their quarterback, especially if it's Fields, who I like a lot. I take Fields, uh, and I actually I, I slam it. Uh, Gabrielle Greco says late late draft crush uh, Milton Williams. From Louisiana Tech. Uh, Milton Williams is going to be our player of the day, by the way, because he's an interesting prospect. Would you consider him in the fourth round? He's not a late, late draft crush, unless you mean like late in the process, because the draft is in like two days. Um, But uh, yes is the short answer. Um, Sure, uh, in the fourth round. So he is somebody that needs to add more bulk, but has added a lot of bulk. Um, and he's somebody with decent pass rush moves. He's got a couple of good things in his repertoire already. He could add to that, but he's got enough to make it work for now. But he doesn't really have a great understanding of angles in the run game, and he actually has, like, a lot of run game problems. He's the kind of guy that has to come off on, on like obvious rundowns. You know, he can't be one of your guys on third and one, which is unfortunate, because that's where that sort of pass rushing prowess would really come in handy. So you would have to kind of find a weird way to get him on the field, but at the fourth round, that's not a huge problem to me. So uh, I would consider him in the fourth round for sure that's probably about where i would start to think about taking him if he were still on the board in the fourth round but like he's like 70 on dane Bruegler's board um and I, I i don't know off the top of my head where he as where he is in consensus but he might go higher because he does have a lot of potential and he showed a, like he got a lot better every year in college and that's something that teams really tend to like no name steve says feed into my belief that we are taking trey lance please and thank you uh okay if i had to make the argument um, I look, I don't think Trey Lance is going to get into range. Um, he might even go at three and I think he's going to be probably gone by like pick six, maybe even seven or eight. And I just don't think the Vikings are going to be in a great place to like outbid the Broncos. If a trade up war is coming up, you know, there are teams above the Vikings that won't have to pay as much. And, you know, the Broncos have a second rounder to spend it. It's going to be really hard to get Trey Lance. So I don't think so. But to feed your belief, uh, Darren Wolfson has been talking a lot about the Vikings, maybe trading up again. Trading Up is always going to be on the board. They would never take that off of the table. That would be insane. Uh, so Trading Up, sure, it, it's very much there. Trey Lance is a hometown kid. They they know him. I, I do uh, think they like him pretty well. So... Um, and, and the idea that Trey Lance falls is easy to see. He's 19. He was 19 years old. Last time we saw him play, we've only seen him play 17 games. That'll scare some teams. Um, and if that scares the right teams, maybe he gets into range. Uh, but I don't think it's going to happen. It's me. Flippy says, despite, uh, first round cornerbacks at peak Vikings meme status right now, do you really think pay over Sertan or horn is a good move at 14, I don't think that's the choice that will be available to the Vikings. Um, I, I do think that both of those guys will be gone by the time the Vikings pick. There's a lot of corner need in the the picks between like 7, 8, all the way to like even 11 and 12 with the Eagles. Um, there's a lot of cornerback need. And I think those two guys are, are kind of a cut above the rest. So even if teams pass on them, people will probably trade up past the Vikings um, so I don't think that is something that will be available to them. If those two were on the board, you could definitely justify taking Sertan or Horn. A because I think those. I mean, I don't. I don't know a lot about JC Horn. I haven't looked into him too deep. I know Sertan. I think most people would agree that Sertan's a better corner than Pay is an edge rusher. Um, but edge rusher is a bigger need than corner right now. Even if you, uh, even if you like project the worst case scenario with Mike Hughes and the worst case scenario with Jeff Gladney, you still have three starting quality cornerbacks and you just maybe need some depth. It seems more like a position where it's smart to to grab a third rounder, a fourth rounder and kind of get me somebody who's like athletic but raw and need some time to develop. Um I don't think spending the first round pick on cornerback is uh, the best value because how does that guy get on the field and who is he pushing off of the field? So I I don't know, I think I'd probably still take pay, um, just because it aligns with the roster a little bit better, which I think is a different thing than saying like, ah, I'm going to draft for need. Um, I just I I don't see a way for a corner to get on the field right now. Which means but I do see a way for a corner to get on the field next year, because there's a lot of one year deals. And there's like a long term need, which is why this is totally justifiable. Um, But if it's only a long term need, you can usually get away with spending a little less and getting somebody a little more raw. Hey, maybe you disagree with me about Sertan or Horn. Or maybe you just want to bet on who the bet the the first defender off the board will be, that is a wager you can make at bet online. Dot A-G. It's free to make your account. And then when you put in your first deposit for money to actually bet with, you can enter promo code locked on. You get a 50% welcome bonus. That means for every hundred bucks you put in as part of your first deposit, you get 50 bucks on top of that as free play money. That's free gambling money. Now you can bet on future win totals for the 2021 season. The Vikings are at over under eight and a half. You can bet on stuff with the draft. You can bet on who you think the MVP will be or who will win the Super Bowl. All that stuff is a wide open go-to. Bet online. AG right now. Get it taken care of your online sports book experts. We have so much draft coverage going on at the Locked On NFL Network. There's going to be some live streaming stuff going on. Keep an eye on my Twitter account at NFL for more information about that. There's the Draft Dudes podcast and the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. Those are year-round podcasts about the draft, so if you still have the draft fever after this, go listen to those, and they'll start covering 2022. There is the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Odyssey, where all of us Locked On hosts got together and drafted for our respective teams, and of course, the Locked On NFL. NFL locked on today locked on now all of those podcasts that are keeping you abreast of all of the things going on in the wide world of sports check out all of that stuff on the odyssey app a-u-d-a-c-y wherever you find this show your favorite shows go just go get a listen on now let's continue on with Ryder jensen who asks it seems obvious the vikings would like to trade back in the first round recoup a second but what are the chances that they don't find a trade partner i think the draft simulators make it way too easy to trade back that's probably a valid criticism of the draft simulators i mean they're useful tools and I use them all the time on this show. Uh, but, yeah, they probably make it seem too easy to get uh, to get a, a trade back to happen because sometimes guys just don't want to trade up. They just say, ah, but we don't really want anybody. So, yeah, the math makes sense. And like, here's the deal and here's the compensation it should probably be. And it makes sense on our chart or whatever. But we don't want to move up because we don't like anybody. So somebody has to be there that's worth trading up for. Um, And and that makes sense. Now, look, this is uh, another one of those times where like, yeah, it seems obvious that the Vikings would like to trade back. They probably would like to trade back. They would probably also like to trade up in the right circumstances. A lot of it depends on the board and depends on what offers come in. And they are they're open to everything right now. Anybody that tells you otherwise is selling you snake oil. Chris says, if you could be in the draft room of either a consistently good team or a consistently bad team, which would you pick? Uh, any, uh, both? If I I don't care if I'm in there with the 2016 Browns, that would still be fascinating. But I think you still have to pick a good team, right? Like, give me the the teams that just always know, you know, the the Ravens. I lo- love the way the Titans draft. I love the way that, I mean, the Bucks have been drafting really well. You know, give me a cool process. But any process I would take. DB one, two, three says if the player doesn't have a phone or other means of communication, how do the GMs notify them that they're being drafted? Also, how do phones work? I, you got to fax them, I guess. I don't know what situation this is. Uh, they, I, I, I don't know how this would happen. But I don't know, maybe fly out a helicopter, uh, send a team, uh, send, you know, call the proper authorities to <laughs> get out get. get superman on it i don't know mitchell dikstra says let's say the vikings are pursuing slater what's your personal limit in terms of how high up they should trade for him and what the draft capital in that deal would likely be according to draft history value charts etc so for this i've kind of been uh defaulting to the rich hill chart because it's the one that's made in the mold of not only the jimmy johnson chart which a lot of teams still lose or still use Um, but Freudian slip there, but they combine, he combined the Jimmy Johnson chart and like other trade history to kind of get a sense for what the actual price of trades is in the league, not necessarily where the value works out best. I think the Chase Stewart chart or the the Harvard chart gives you a better sense for like what's better and spoiler alert, trading down is usually better. So that's what I'm going to use for this particular question, um, for what the pricing will be. I think the most I would do with pack it is is package up pick 90. So if you add pick 90 to pick 14, it gets you up to You could probably argue pick 10 or 11. So that's as far as I would go up for uh, for those guys. That's like a a reasonable trade up. Everything else you have to start putting in like a 2022 first or something like that. And I think you should really only do that kind of thing for a quarterback. Uh, Joe Green says, can you fix the twins? Probably not. I don't know the first thing about baseball. You should listen to Locked On Twins, though, and see if maybe they commiserate with you. Although it's probably a much more normal podcast than this one is. Now, I got a story for you. Uh, My check engine light came on in my car the other day. That's always very scary. It was on solid, which means it could be a really bad problem. And I took it to a mechanic and it turned out my gas cap was old and it wasn't holding like the seal to the gas tank properly. And it was super easy. They would have charged me like 65 bucks. I actually went to rockauto.com and got the same gas cap and didn't have to deal with them. Um, Same brand, same part, same everything. I didn't get like a cheaper version or a knockoff or anything like that. I got it like from the dealership, but through rock auto. And I managed to save like 30 bucks on the part. That's what Rock Auto gives to you. Enter your make, your your year, and your model at rockauto.com. And they will sort through their massive catalog of parts and all sorts of supplies to you. And make sure you're getting something that is compatible with your car. They won't upsell you like brick and mortar auto shops or a mechanic might because they give the same price to like mechanics that buy from them as they do to their retail customers, which means you stand to gain a buck. So head on over to rockauto.com. If you buy something there at checkout, there's a how you heard about a section, let them know that locked on sent you because if you don't, I'm going to have to find a way to put in a bid to host the 2024 draft. Rock Auto, amazing selection, Lively low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. The Locked On Today podcast is covering everything you need to know in the wide world of sports. They'll probably He'll probably talk a lot about the draft this uh, this week, but also what's going on in the NBA, what's going on in the MLB. I know that Timberwolves are on like a weird streak of comebacks. Maybe that'll make the, the cut. Head on over to the Locked On Today podcast. Everything you need in under 20 minutes every single morning covering the wide world of sports. You can find that on the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y or wherever you find your favorite shows. So the next question comes from Snakehob, who says, I see a weirder r- amount of Instagram 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 pages for the Vikings wanting to take Parsons and move bar to edge full time, which I hate a lot. Does that idea hold any merit? Um, And I would say that that makes the pass rush significantly worse. I think bar as a blitzing linebacker that then backs off into coverage and does stuff. Uh, is better than moving him to only rush the passer. If he only rushes the passer uh, and therefore replaces a real edge rusher, then it basically just makes the tackle's job really easy. Barr doesn't beat offensive linemen. He's a linebacker. He doesn't beat offensive linemen in pass rush. That's never been the point of him. The point of him is that he does beat tight ends and running backs, and so you kind of have to keep him at linebacker to keep teams in the stressful situation of deciding. You would never put a running back on just the edge rusher, so if you just move him to edge. I don't think that that is a better way of using him than the way the Vikings do use him, which is as more of a rover and more of a, a Swiss Army knife. And I've talked about that a lot. There's a lot of articles that I've written about that kind of thing as well that kind of explains Barr's role and why him moving to Edge would actually be a disaster. I think if he went to the Jets and that happened, he would have busted out really, really hard. It's just not what he should be doing. Um, and drafting a, a Bar replacement, however, whether it's Parsons in the first or somebody else or whatever, there is some merit to that because Barr is now on the last year of a deal because he restructured and he voided all those years. So getting the next kind of uh, off-ball linebacker that needs to play for Bar. I don't think you need to get somebody in the same mold as Bar because his his role was uniquely tailored and designed for him. And so the next guy, you would do the same. You'd uniquely tailor and design a role for whoever they are. But get me somebody who's good at football in whatever their way is, right? Jake says, what food are you making for draft day? Uh, I have no idea. Probably human flesh. Devin Rubnik says, I hate to beat a dead horse, but can you make any rhyme or reason to the offensive line woes? Feels like they haven't had a legitimate plan in the last few years. Plan A is always short-sighted and plans B and C only materialize out of necessity. Um, you know, I mean, a plan B always only materializes a out of necessity right you don't make a plan b that you want to do because then you would just make it plan a but yeah i think a wire is crossed between the way they think this time of year and the way they think in august the way that the vikings think this time of year is let me get you know people in who have high ceilings they like athletic players at all positions and o-line is no exception so give me high athleticism players give me somebody who maybe is good at run blocking because that's more complicated and it's harder to teach and somebody we can teach pass protection and then when it's time like they're really willing to accept guys that still have stuff to learn and then when it's time to teach them that stuff in August, they switch positions and then they like make the guys start. And then it's like a competition and everything is competition. And uh, you know, the O-line coach is also working on designing run game concepts. And, and they kind of the, the wire gets crossed where they're really, really willing to bring in guys to te- that need stuff taught to them and really, really unwilling to provide a nurturing environment where those things can actually be taught to them. And I think that's the problem with their O-line philosophy. They need to Focus One way or another, if you're going to treat offensive line as an afterthought in the preseason, you have to treat offensive line as something that you can't take projects in unless, you know, it's like the fifth round, then it's different. But you can't rely on project players working out in two years if you aren't willing to kind of dedicate the time in practice and that's a costly decision because that comes at the cost of like other drills or whatever but you have to kind of approach project players as project players riley osborne hudson says will vikings twitter finally die if we trade back to 28 with the saints collect a two this year and a one next year and then select caleb farley and allow him to sit a year and recover from back surgeries i don't hate that plan actually uh you know i just talked about how corner's probably not as big of a need as edge and honestly at 28 you probably are taking him over a viable day one edge rusher so i think i would probably have to kind of reconcile with that and depending on who it is and have to figure out what I think there. Um, But the idea of Caleb Farley is decent. The Vikings, again, yeah, they can give him kind of a redshirt year to just like recover freely and not go through a lot of hard work with football and, you know, hard punishment to the body. Um and I think trading back to 28 and getting that haul, I, I have to check if that makes that haul makes sense, but that seems like a great haul of extra stuff. And of course collecting that extra second round pick can help you kind of overcome the the luxury of taking a corner and not addressing those needs. Now you have something that else that helps you address those needs. Now the way Vikings Twitter would respond is probably not that uh not that rationally and I don't think they'd take a lot of time to think about it before it just becomes Zimmer went crazy about corners or something like that but i don't know i wouldn't hate that plan big stash says is there really truth to the rumors we're moving up for a tackle or just usual pre-draft nonsense i, I mean it's again with the vikings it's never wrong they, they probably are thinking about it they probably are thinking we would do it in this scenario we'd take this trade for this guy we'd take that trade for that guy we wouldn't take that trade for that guy i'm sure it's something that they're thinking about and if they weren't thinking about it i'd be very very surprised uh I, if they weren't thinking about trading down i'd be very very surprised name me a team that is just like never going to be thinking about trading up it's something that's always on the table so yeah i'm sure there's as much truth as there always is to it but i don't think that's particularly meaningful when you compare it to like other years or whatever we just got to see how the board falls and see what happens i'm not too into predicting what the vikings will do i'm a lot more into predicting and and you know talking about what they should do and and what i like and what i dislike and and, you know kind of evaluating it on that axis instead cool whip man says if you were a gm and you knew your team needed to make the playoffs and win a game And win a game, okay. Or you would be fired. How much of your franchise's future would you be willing to mortgage? Um, Look, I don't think that, like... If that's the case, I'm already fired, man. Like, I-, I would say don't put me in that situation. I'd say fire me right now then. Don't put me in this, like, one-year-done situation. And and here's the thing. It seems like you're probably referencing what you think is going on with the with the Vikings. And I think if they make the playoffs and, like, just die, you know, if they make it as a seventh seed and get their butts kicked or something, it's not, like, a real playoff berth. That's one thing. If they win the division and then lose in the wildcard round, I-, I I think that's a much different, like, outcome. If they are a contending team, I think they're fine. And I think their leash is longer than everybody thinks They thinks that it is, just based on my read of the Wilfs. Like, the Wilfs, if any pressure is coming from the Wilfs at all, it's to stay the course, not to kind of have their hand hovering over the nuke button, but to engage a little bit more good faith with your question. Um, I mean, look, if it were I have to win one playoff game, I would franchise as much as I had, I would mortgage as much of the franchise's future as I had to, but uh, like, mortgaging your franchise's future is a good way to get fired also, so it's- it's kind of a Sophie's choice. Uh, and the final one comes from Goggles FTW, who says, "As someone who has only ever played in the trenches growing up, can you explain the difference between X, Y, and Z receivers and the roles they fill?" So this is more of a schematic question than it is like I don't I don't really look at receivers as this guy's an X and this guy's a Z. So it, it starts on the strong side of the formation and it counts from there to the other side. So if the strong side of the formation is left, it, it counts from left to right and uh, vice versa. And it goes, you know, X is the guy strong side of the formation. That is the outside receiver and is usually the main receiver. That's your, you know, your Julio Jones. Um, y is your slot, because it counts, you know, you've got your outside guy and then your inside guy, and then on the other side of the field is your Z, and that's your kind of uh, your usually uh, field side, I think, receiver. They get a lot of a lot more to work with. It's usually the back side, so they're usually in kind of a one-on-one and sometimes they're an outlet or an alert on the play. Sometimes they're part of the route combination or whatever, so a lot of times they get some more, like, backup plan type stuff, um, and that's typically like more of a possession receiver but there's no rule that's not written down anywhere typically that's language that i hear like defensive coaches talk in sometimes or they'll say you know the one the two and the three and stuff like that um or the x the y and the z on like more holistic coverage stuff uh when it comes to actually like fitting players to roles every team is different depend on what they ask their X and what they ask their z to do so you'd have to like talk team to team for the vikings the the z i think and the X both need to have really similar skill sets. So it's not that differentiating a factor, I guess. I would probably ask more, you know, what does this guy do? And then whether we call that Y, or call that Z, or call that, you know, the three receiver, or call that a burner receiver, the possession guy, it's, you know, how valuable is it, whatever we call it, right? So tomorrow, I have my O-line manifesto coming out. I've been watching all these guys really closely, and I've been trying to get the kind of top, uh, the top eight linemen, all the the lineman in the top 40 on reef Hassan's consensus board right now. And uh, I'm going to go over all of them. So that's going to be tomorrow unless some crazy news breaks. Uh, And then of course, Thursday's actual draft day and we'll cram for the draft there. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL and the shows on Twitter at locked on Vikings. And as always skull.